This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, Megan. Hi, Laura. I have 10 things to tell you. Girl, I've got nothing but time. Let's hear it. Awesomes, welcome back to another episode in our Extra Awesome series. As you all know, from time to time, we take a break from our regular programming to talk to people who are doing awesome things in the world. And yes, I have here with me a very familiar voice to all of you, one of our original Sorta Awesome co-hosts, our favorite Hollywood housewife, the host of the Smartest Person in the Room podcast, and my longtime and very dear friend, Laura Tremaine. Hi, Laura, and welcome back to Sorta Awesome. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. You all might notice that our sound is a little different. We are actually sitting face-to-face in Oklahoma City recording this, and I cannot wait to have Laura tell you a little bit about a project that she's been working on, something she's been cooking up for these past few months since she's been away from Sorta Awesome. So, Laura spill it. Megan, have you ever noticed that when we get together, even though we have been friends since high school, we vox and text regularly, like daily regularly, but still every time we get together, we have like a million things we need to talk about. (laughs) Hours and hours and hours. And we still don't get it all covered. No, never. I'm always like, okay, we have to talk about this, this, and this. I usually have like a mental list in my head. This is true for a lot of my friends that I have that live all across the country. I always feel like, even my local friends, actually, now that I think about it, when we sit down together, we have a lot that we need to talk about. Yes. I need to tell you this. I need to catch you up on this. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Also, as we have long established, my spiritual gift from the universe is bossiness. <laughs> Thank God it is. I mean, you have ministered to me with your bossiness so many times through the years, and I'm so thankful. You're kind to put it that way. (laughs) But really, it is my favorite thing in all of the planet to tell people exactly what they should go read, what they should listen to. Oh, have you heard about this? Please think about this. It's like my favorite thing. And it's not just because I love to be bossy. It's because I really want people to, myself included, grow from the things that they're taking in, that they're consuming. I want people to be growing personally and also to be having better conversations with others. Like just have better conversations, which usually seems to come out of what you're reading, watching, listening to, all of those things. So with those as like my baseline, I decided I was going to sort of do that officially, Mm -hmm. though I have been doing this unofficially. (laughs) 
like decades, <laughs> like m more decades than I'm going to count here. <laughs> so, but I am going to start doing all of my recommendations and stuff. Some of the stuff that's been going in my secret post emails for years, the stuff I've been putting out in podcasts and that I share haphazardly on social media, I'm kind of going to do it a little more officially now um, on a blog. I'm the person starting a blog yes. in 2018. Blogging in 2018. I'm like, I'm like going back to like, can we light our kerosene lamps? <laughs> Everyone, please get out there knitting. Okay, so it's going to be 10thingstotellyou.com. Oh, yeah. Perfect. 10 things to tell you. All spelled out, like even the... The num number 10. Okay. And then things to tell you okay. spelled out.com. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. Um, is where I'm going to start putting a bunch of these like recommendations. I will still have the secret posts. If you get those, those are still going to be called the secret posts and everything. You can access that from 10thingstotellyou.com. And I'll be sharing a lot of the recommendations also on Instagram, which is my favorite medium yes. in the stories. You're and so good at Instagram. Oh, thank so, you. Yeah. Well, we're going to talk about, about social media in a minute. But on Instagram, I will be using the hashtag, hashtag, Number 10, T-T-T-Y, mm -hmm. 10 things to tell you. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of just how I'm going to like circle up all of my stuff. So if you're interested in that kind of thing, I would love it if the awesomes, who a lot of them have been listening to me for years, <laughs> tell them what to go listen to or yeah. watch, um, to go find me on 10thingstotellyou.com or on Instagram. On Instagram, my handle is going to stay my name, which is Tremaine. Okay, awesome. But you'll still be sharing like little snippets. Uh, oh, I'll still share my life and yes, all that kind of thing, yes. but I'm also going to just be like a little more deliberate about the stuff I'm sharing. Again, this is kind of the same thing I have been doing sure. just like as a human yes. for a long time, yeah. but now I just am going to be less shy about putting it in list form, really telling people um, stuff that I think is great and worth their time, and also pulling it out of the secret posts a little bit. I've been sharing this stuff in that email newsletter, which I love mm -hmm. and will continue to do. But, um, you know, so if you don't get the email, you don't get it. Right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So the secret posts will still have personal things that I don't share anywhere else. That's sort of where that's going to live. But in, as far as a lot of the recommendations and stuff, I'm going to be a little more forthcoming with those on the internet. On the internet. I love it. This is amazing. So Laura and I both have some things, even though we have, I'm just going to be full disclosure, we've already spent over an hour just sitting here talking, but we do have some things that we wanted to talk to each other about and kind of fill you in on. So we have a list. We're going to share a lot of it here with you all on this episode of Extra Awesome, but there's a few things that we've held back. You all know that we like to talk about things from time to time that are not um, appropriate for the general audience <laughs> consumption. We have saved a few of those, and we're going to put those over in our Patreon feed that is exclusive for our Sorta Awesome listener supporters. There'll be a link in the show notes for this episode of Extra Awesome about how you can find um, out how to become a supporter of Sorta Awesome and then get to hear the rest of our list. And I will just say as a teaser for the Patreon part of this episode... <laughs> We are going to talk about sex mm -hmm. and what I've been doing to my face. <laughs> and not not together. <laughs> Those things are actually not related. <laughs> but 
but you will need to uh, be a listener supporter to get access to that. Okay, so the very first thing that I need to talk to you about is one of those things that is in my life now because you told me years ago, honestly, like this is something that you need. And it is my complete obsession with red lipstick. Mm, Red lipstick is a power move. It is. It truly is. Listen, I have long been obsessed with lipstick going back to high school. Do you remember how we would even in high school, like it was very important to us what shade everybody was wearing and how Mm. it looked and all of these things. I I wore, as did you, we wore a lot of berry. Oh, so much berry. So much berry in the mid nineties. Bless it. Which is kind of making a comeback. I'm seeing that. It in is, places. but you know what? On older people, it's aging. The dark Oof. berry, I feel like it's yeah. aging on yeah. an older face. Although That's I get what it looks, you know, kind of gothic and hip on a younger face. Yeah. Be aware. Not the same on Okay. Good to know. Well, I wouldn't even touch this stuff now because I'm completely addicted to red. Okay. Which, again, speaking of high school, you and I used to have to wear it in our show choir days. Mm-hmm. Some kind of, maybe it wasn't as the the bold red lip that we wear now, but. No, yes, it was, was too. It? it was a Mary Kay. We had, oh we all had gosh, to wear the same yes. shade. That's right. Um, to go with our sequins and corsets, literally. Literal corsets. Um, it was a, I remember this, we all had to purchase the exact same shade and it was Mary Kay. I don't remember the name of the shade, but it was a, it was a bright red. It was all very racy and scandalous to be wearing our bright red lips when we were in high school. But now I cannot stop talking about it because it genuinely does change. I feel like for me, I will say for me, I feel like when I have on a bold red lip, I feel like, okay, no matter what kind of day it started out as, when I put that on, I'm like, all right, now I will. Whatever the thing was on the to-do list, now I will do it. I have summoned the confidence through the lipstick. And so you ha- you sent me my very first tube of great red, and it's NARS Rita. Oh, NARS makes fantastic lipsticks. They absolutely do. You know, everyone's going crazy about, I think it was one of your recommendations, Nars Anna, which I haven't picked up yet. Were, were you the one that suggested Anna? Mm-hmm. I, I wear Anna and Janet okay. and um, Cruella. Cruella is quite red as well. Okay. Um, but I'm pretty sure that Anna is... It's not, Anna's not red. It's not red. It's it's like a beautiful pinky. Right. Yes. Kind of a universal mauve. pink. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, Rita is a gorgeous red, but if you're not quite ready to make the jump to a NARS tube of lipstick. This one that I'm wearing right now is from Fenty Beauty. <gasps> Fenty. Okay. Fenty is the it is brand it? right now. I yes. didn't even know. You didn't know? No. How did I not know this? In fact, I mean, I can talk about Fenty all day. I haven't tried their foundation, but you know, it's um, Rihanna yes, makes Fenty. Exactly. Yes. I didn't know Fenty was having a moment, but I love this lipstick. It's Madame is the shade. And I think that I've heard that Fenty has put out like a universal red. Have you heard this? I don't know, but they're into universal because okay. they have like a lip gloss. They yes. have like one lip gloss. It's like a, um, mm-hmm. you know, goldy, peachy, whatever right. that's supposed to work on everyone. Yeah. Because they're, they're really encompassing a lot of skin. Yes, exactly. Ranges, which is like a huge step forward because, um, most, I mean like most, most, most cosmetic companies really cater to lighter skin. Yeah. And Fenty is like breaking all of those barriers, which is fantastic. Well, now I'm going to have to look into their other lines too, because I am loving this. It is, it's definitely a long wear lipstick. Is it just a 
tube lipstick it's or is it a, a pencil tube. or what? It's not. There's no, it's not a pencil. Um, and it's also not the liquid matte, which was kind of having a moment. I feel like kind of some companies are going back to the more traditional lipstick, which I feel like this one is. Um, I can't, the liquid matte, have you done any of this? I have. I also find liquid matte to be a little bit aging. It is. It's really hard on the lips too, I feel like. So anyway, I am obsessed with it. I'm trying all of these different shades. This is my favorite by far for even just like an everyday. I, I still love the Rita. I feel like the Rita is even more like an evening kind of. Mm-hmm. Could be could be really flexible. I love Madame from Fenty. Another one that is so much fun if you want to kind of put your toe in the water of the pool of red lipsticks. That's a weird image. I'm sorry. <laughs> Listen, mixed metaphors are the best. Why didn't I call my new blog Mixed Metaphors? Um, If you just want a starter, that's what I should have said. If you want a starter. (laughs) I'm getting so tickled. Um, If you want a starter red, Clinique makes a color called, it's like a, it's almost like a glossier red. And it's very pinky red. So it doesn't feel quite so like, oh my gosh, you have on red lipstick today. It's called Cherry Pop is the shade. Mm, they also make an angel red that's nice. Oh, Clinique does. Okay. It's also, um, it, it's pretty red red, mm-hmm. but it's not as um, dense. Mm, mm-hmm. Okay. Know. Good to know. Yeah. Good to know. So anyway, I just wanted to talk to you. And I really, truly would not have ever had the confidence to ever try a red lip. And now I'm completely obsessed I think it, it can pull together your reds. confidence. It can pull together your outfit. It can make you polished if you have nothing else going yes. for you that day. And also, it is kind of lazy beauty, which you used to do all of the lazy beauty tips and tricks when you were blogging at Hollywood Housewife. But I feel like you can, especially during the daytime, you can be super minimalist with the rest of your face. Like I did like barely five minutes worth of anything to my face, but I can put on this mm-hmm. Madame from Fenty. And, and it does look pulled together. Like I'm ready to... Take on the world. Well, and I think that the, a red lipstick with almost nothing else on your face is so chic. Mm-hmm. Like if you have on a full face of heavy whatever, which sometimes we need that. Sometimes we're having a skin issue or you know whatever. But like, and and then you put on a red lip, it's like almost too much. Yeah, yeah. If you've kept the rest of it yes. really minimal and mm-hmm. you just have on a red lip, it's just, it's very sophisticated to me. Okay. That's all I had to say about that. It's amazing. And of course we'll put some links in the show notes if you are ready to take the leap into red. So, all right. What's first on your list? Okay. What I want to tell you is about my social media break. I just wrapped up a social media break that was officially six weeks long from the time I sort of announced I'm taking a break, but it was sort of unofficially eight weeks long because- you had kind of backed off. I had a really bit. backed off. Mm-hmm. Was trying to kind of curb my habits and sort of see, you know, that because I, I had had this nagging that I needed to take a social media break, and um, but before I actually did it, I kind of did like a just private sort of test run, and used sort of the Lent season, even though I don't um, participate in Lent, as just an easy way yeah. to be like, I'm just going to take this time to step back from all social media. And it was so illuminating. Yes. I've been meaning to ask you about it, but I didn't want to be too like, I don't know, invasive. You know, I took it because you could have asked me about it. People have asked me about it. Like real friends have, you know, texted or just asked in person, but I took it because I was a little bit overwhelmed Mm -hmm. 
with a lot of noise. I mean, everybody is like, that's the complaint all the time, right? There's just so much noise in social media. My husband, Jeff has been really intensely making a movie both in the fall and now. And so I've been doing a lot of solo parenting duties. Um, you know, along with just some extended family stuff, there's just been a lot going on in our immediate family that I just needed to like simplify. I needed Mm. to take everything down. Yes. And that was like the first to go. Like I was like, this is a, you know, a time waster. It it gets into my brain. It gets into my psyche. Um, I was noticing a lot of my own thought patterns were really (sighs) tipping into an unhealthy point. I think it's natural to maybe like kind of think twice about what you post or don't post, but I was really spinning out a little bit on, you know, with our political climate, again, with some family stuff, like there was just so much going on that it was really like a bad factor. So I just was like, I'm just going to eliminate this part for a little bit. Mm -hmm. And then thirdly, the, the third reason that I wanted to take the break is I felt like I'd been needing some clarity in my life. Mm -hmm. Like I was like on the edge. It was like something was on the tip of my tongue all the time. Not on the tip of my tongue, but like I just couldn't get it to focus in my brain. Yeah, yeah. Something was just out of my grasp. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I was trying to do things to catch it. Like I've been meditating. I took some steps away from Sorta Awesome. You know, like I've been trying to do these things so I could kind of hear what, like my spirit was trying to tell me, but I just like, dad gum, I still couldn't. And so this was like another way for me to be like, I've got to get some quiet. I have got to get some clarity on some things in my life, some direction, some focus. So that's why I did it. So those are all the whys, which are a long winded whys, but a few things that came out of it. I, first of all, I didn't miss it. I was going to ask you what, like, especially at the beginning, at the very beginning, when we very first started, did it feel weird or like, did you feel disconnected or or were you immediately like, Oh my gosh, I didn't realize how much this was weighing me down that. Okay. I had gotten to a place that I do not advise. I'd gotten to a place where I didn't for like literally four weeks for a full month. I did not miss it. I was like, I mean, I, I never planned to be like good riddance forever, but I was definitely like, this was the exact right thing to do. I didn't feel I've done, I've done smaller breaks in the past and stuff where I like got like jittery and weird, like an addict, (laughs) you know, like where you get like itchy and you, you know, you cheat and you whatever. Yes. 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 Um, none of that. The first month for a full four weeks, I was like, I didn't, I was relieved of it. Then a few things started happening that did make me start to be like, well, you know, I realized that I had missed some important announcements. Mm. Like a friend had a baby and, um, you know, another friend decided to move and, you know, um, unfortunately some dear friends announced their separation, Mm. like some big things. It has become very normal to announce big life things, even to close friends. These people I'm naming are close friends. Mm -hmm. That, that you put those things out in public, maybe even before you do personal phone calls or whatever. So I was missing some things yeah. that were bothersome to me. Like I realized, no, this is a legit way to be connected. In the past, you maybe would have faulted like, well, why didn't I hear that news personally? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't feel that way. I feel like culturally it has become very acceptable. I knew all the intention behind those people announcing it on social media was normal and good and whatever. 
So I just started to be like, I have removed myself from this way of communicating. Mm. This isn't yes. any other fault but that. Sure. So I started to feel like, oh, I'm like missing people's lives that I care about a little bit. And I didn't like that. Mm-hmm. And then I had like a couple of really good friends tell me that they missed me. And I was like, we, we actually are not communicating directly any less than we were before. Right. They're just used to seeing me every day on social media. Yeah. Yeah. And so I was like, oh, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Like one of my very good friends who I see often in person, um, she was just like, I am used to knowing like kind of what you're doing every day <laughs> because I'm a poster. I'm, well, that's the world we live in now. And so she was like, I just like, I have no idea what's going on with you. And so that was sort of interesting to me just to like mull around, like am I sharing too much? Is that, we you know what kind, is that a good comment or a bad comment relationally? So, you know, just things to think about, mm-hmm. right? That kind of thing. Mm-hmm. One thing that I noticed, especially after the first few weeks, is if you have a phone or tech addiction, you will feed that no matter what. Oof. So removing social media did remove some noise and whatever. But some of my bad habits of, I'll just be honest right now, I have a terrible habit of using my phone to distract me when my kids are being unruly. Mm, I get that. Not unruly like they need to be disciplined, but like when they're just being like loud and, you know, kind of the dinner time craze or like when they're just being children Mm -hmm. and I'm feeling like overwhelmed by their noise or whatever, I will zone out on my phone. Right. Eliminating social media did not stop that bad habit. So now I would just scroll my news, like the actual literal news. (laughs) Actual news. Not not news feed. (laughs) Like I would, lose headlines. Yeah, like I would scroll headlines. I would play wood puzzle. I would, <laughs> you know, whatever I would do. Right. Like I would look up the weather if I had to. Like I, if you are going to turn to your phone as a distraction, then just eliminating social media doesn't necessarily break that. Right. Yeah, I can see that. So that made me, not a wake-up call because I already knew that this was a thing I did, but it made me think like, oh, shoot, like if if the habit you're trying to break or curb is is that is distractedness, then you have to eliminate the phone, right. not the social media. Right. Yeah. 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 So that was the thing I noticed. The biggest thing was I do feel like I got some clarity. Yeah. So I've been, you know, reading a lot of self help, mm-hmm. <laughs> as you are prone to do, which is I've always done. It is my favorite thing. <laughs> But now, without sort of the distraction of social media, like I was really able to sort of focus on some of the things I was learning. Yes. So instead of, I have a, you know, habit a little bit of like, oh, reading some illuminating passage and then sharing it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, now I didn't have anywhere to share anything. Yeah. So now I just had to sit with it. And just like actually think about it and learn from it. <laughs> actually grow. <laughs> what a concept. But as I was trying to like really, you know, I journaled, I took um, an online intuition class, Mm -hmm. like I did some things to really drill down into kind of what's been going on with me. And because I couldn't share it or even talk about it or anything, I just had to sit with it and I had to actually learn it. And it was amazing. Yes. So good. And it brought me some of the clarity of some of the things we're doing. 
um, 10 things to tell you is something I'm going to sort of focus on now. Also, like you and I are doing some side projects that we've sort of been like coming around with for many, many months. And now we actually move forward on those. Those are things that are actually happening. So I just felt like some of the projects that have been bouncing around like ping pong balls in my head that I never actually took action on. Once I got that quiet, we started to do them. Yeah. Yeah. We were able to take inspired action, if you will. Exactly. And I think it was like the quiet, I'm sure, was huge, but also you weren't dispersing your energy out. It was really being contained within. And I know, you know, we kind of have talked about energy stuff a little bit, but I can see, like I, on the receiving end of some of these conversations that we've had since you've been on your social media break, there's been this resurgence in energy and it's very noticeable. It is noticeable. I do think that, and and I don't know how to handle this going forward because I'm back on social media now and I'm going to be sharing stuff more than ever with some, with some renewed focus, Mm -hmm. but I can also, I personally can be addicted to the response Uh, of what I post and that just bombards your energy. Mm -hmm. And so, like you said, just dispersing your energy or sucking your energy Mm -hmm. a little bit. Mm -hmm. I, that happens to me. So I'm just going to have to stay super aware of that. Um, and try not let that get me up or down. So that's it. It was, you know, now that I'm through it, I needed to do it for, for lots of personal family career reasons. I needed to do it. I do think that eight weeks is a little long, it is a long time. I missed some relational I was things. Say, in terms of like life events. Life so events. So much can happen in eight weeks. So much happens. Yeah. Now, I, I will also say, I forgot to say, that a few things happened where the pressure was off to post in a wonderful way. I, I traveled uh, with my children to New Orleans, to Mexico. Those were both vacations. We did not, I did not post a single thing. Um, I had a minor surgery. I did not post a single thing. All the pressure was off. On all of those events, I would have felt a totally self-imposed pressure to update the world mm-hmm, mm-hmm. on these things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now listen. I get it. I totally do. Nobody cares. <laughs> but we live in this weird world where we're like, yes. people People are going to care how my recovery is going. It's almost like you feel irresponsible if you don't share these big life things. Yeah. You feel like people Which expect so it. weird. But then I was fed that they do expect it. Because I had my friend yes. be like, I don't know what's going on with you. Right. So that's kind of a weird mind swirl. But I liked... Um, I liked not sharing some of that. I liked not feeling like I had to get the perfect sunset picture in Mexico. Right. Yeah. Um, I liked not feeling like I needed to update strangers on my rando surgery. Yeah. Um, of course I could have not, I could have been on social media and, <laughs> and chosen not, not those to things. Post. Right. Yeah. But for some reason that feels weird. You feel like you're lying. Like I if know. I, yes, if I was in bed recovering from a, a little procedure I had and I just randomly posted like a book I was reading and never said anything about the medical thing, I would feel like I was lying. I'm not lying. It's all in our head. It is. It is. I know exactly what you mean. So I don't know. So there's a lot. I mean, we could actually do like a literal entire episode on this one thing. Yes. 
By the last two weeks, I would say, I really missed Instagram. Mm-hmm. I didn't, I never missed Facebook. And of course, during this time is when um, all the Facebook yeah. scandal has really, really blown up and taken right. a life of its own. Yes. So that's another tangled web, but whatever. I did not miss Facebook. I medium miss Twitter. I super love Twitter. You do. Um, not for the interaction, but that's where I get a lot of my news. That's where I get a lot of like great articles shared and whatnot. I saw a little bit miss Twitter. I, by the end, I really missed Instagram the most. Yeah. I like taking pictures and sharing them. I love seeing other people's photos. It's my favorite platform by far. So, but now we're back. So yay. I'm glad you shared those takeaways because I do think that all of us get into situations like you described where you're like, there's just something at the edge of my consciousness here. I just can't grasp it. And sometimes we really do just need to power down to get to a place where we can receive what it is that we're supposed to be hearing. So I'm really glad. And the other things too, that you, that were takeaways, maybe that's just what's speaking to me right now. Well, I, I feel like I heard it. And then some of the things were not even, I didn't have like some you know, divine intervention. No. But like the projects that you and I are doing on the side, Mm -hmm. those are things we've been talking about like literally since last summer. You know, these are our long-term projects that we've bandied about. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But I had to get to a place of stillness to move forward. Right. Totally. So it wasn't, I just, I don't want people to think I had like a lightning bolt moment. Right. It was more just like you have to clear some space. Mm -hmm. Spiritually, you have to clear space to bring in new things. Awesomes, if there's one thing that I've learned from watching, oh gosh, let's see, like 20 years worth of home improvement reality TV shows, it's that you can completely transform a room just by changing the window treatments. That's why I'm so happy that this episode of Sorta Awesome is sponsored by Smith & Noble. If spring cleaning has you all inspired to freshen up your home, Smith & Noble can help you give an instant makeover to any room. Smith & Noble will help you create a space that you love spending time in with their extensive collection of high-quality and handcrafted blinds, shades, drapes, and shutters. You can find the perfect design that expresses your personal style and meets your needs. Smith & Noble can help you every step of the way. They offer a free design consultation in your home or over the phone. Smith & Noble also provides free measuring by one of their experts. They can help you with professional installation that's guaranteed for a perfect fit, or Smith & Noble will make it right for you at no extra cost. The very awesome news is that for a limited time, they have a special offer just for you. You can get 25% off of your Smith & Noble window treatments by going to smithandnoble.com slash awesome. So go ahead and get started today on whatever spring freshening up project you have in mind and get 25% off at Smith & Noble by going to smithandnoble.com slash awesome. That's smithandnoble.com slash awesome. Awesomes. I know all of us would love to be able to provide a delicious, home-cooked, healthy breakfast for ourselves and for our family every morning. The problem is often that that requires cooking, which not everybody has time to do first thing in the morning. That's why I'm so excited that this episode of Sorta Awesome is sponsored by Daily Harvest. 
Daily Harvest delivers perfectly portioned frozen superfood eats and treats straight to your door with your choice of smoothies, soups, breakfast bowls, or plant-based sundaes. Daily Harvest is so easy because the delivery and prep are super easy and straightforward, and it helps to free up your time by not cooking, and that means you can do more of what you actually want to be doing. Preparing each Daily Harvest cup is insanely easy. You just add water or coconut milk or almond milk and blend it up or heat it up and you're good to go. Daily Harvest smoothies take 30 seconds to prepare, but maybe you're in the mood for a Daily Harvest soup like their tomato and zucchini minestrone. Their soups are ready in five minutes and their overnight oats and chia parfaits can literally be made while you sleep. Daily Harvest is the fastest, most convenient way to up your fruits and vegetables every day without having to put in the work that usually comes with eating more fruits and veggies. Go to daily-harvest.com and enter promo code AWESOME to get three free items in your first box. That's promo code AWESOME for three free Daily Harvest cups at daily-harvest.com. That's daily-harvest.com. Thank you, Daily Harvest. That's the perfect segue into the next thing on my list, which I'm just going to sort of apologize in advance. This is not me being bossy. This is me saying, I kind of need you to boss me around a little bit. Oh, it's my favorite directive ever. (laughs) Here's the problem. I am in the midst of one of the worst reading funks that I've been in in a long time. I don't know how or why it happened. Last year, I read a lot. You know, I did that reading challenge and it Mm -hmm. really pushed me to read outside of my usual boundaries. And it was really great. I read a ton of fiction. That was my big goal was to really try to read more fiction last year because I'm not great with fiction anyway. And so I'm like, what happened? Because I was going along so great. And it's almost like when this new year started, I just have been in a funk. Nothing even sounds good. Like I get book of the month. I go ahead and pick a book. I haven't even opened them. And it's not because my to read, like, it's not because I'm actively reading other things. I just look at it and I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, there's a lot here. Okay. Is that it? Are you done? That's it. I mean, it's just, it's troublesome to me because I did listen to a book recently. It was actually one of my awesomes of the week. I listened to an audiobook um, called Dear Fahrenheit 451, where a librarian tells, it's like um, letters to books that were important to her through the years a hundred books. I listened to it and I was like, it, that, I think that's, this is when me, it became like troublesome to me because I loved listening to someone talk about reading books. But then when it was actually, I was like, okay, now I'm going to get back into reading, but it's still, I'm just having a hard time even just picking one up. Well, that just means that you're at capacity, mm. that you're at brain and heart capacity. That's not about the books. Okay. I, that's probably accurate. You know, <laughs> I try to read, I do try to read sometimes before bed and I just fall asleep. And I, maybe that is more indicative of the fact that I'm, I'm running pretty hard on, on my energy right now, but it makes me so sad because reading is something that's so delightful to me. So then it's like, how do I, it's, I'm actually missing it. It's, you know, like I've been in reading droughts before where I'm like, eh, I don't know. I don't have time, whatever. It, it didn't bother me, but this is a time where I'm like, oh, I want to read. I want to read. Well, if you want to read it and nothing on your shelves is appealing to you, then you don't have the right things on your shelves right now. Okay. Like, first of all, reading funks are super normal. Like either you get into a slog of reading a bunch of things in a row that you 
don't really care for, which happens to everyone, or you get burned out on a genre and you don't know how to move out of it. You've done a ton of YA. That's true. And, (laughs) you know, maybe, you know, or you try a new genre and you hate it or, you know, um, People who read a lot or want to read a lot can spin out about weird stuff. Like they're supposed to like this book, but mm-hmm. they don't. Or they they have to finish a book they've started. Right. I think all of those rules are dumb. Okay. If you start a book and it is not speaking to you, put it down. Mm-hmm. You can come back to it or you can just be like, this doesn't work. Will never work for me. Right. There is no reading police. Mm-hmm. Um, if you do actually have the desire to read and it's not just that you are... Um, so two things it give yourself some grace okay a lot more grace than you appear to be giving yourself <laughs> um change up your habit a little bit so what i'm hearing from you different is that you do want to be reading most mm-hmm. of the time i feel like people are like i'm just not in the mood to read or i've read a bunch of bad stuff no it's not that i it's not that i've read bad stuff it's that when i go to either you know like I said, I have books sitting around unread. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe I've kind of imposed some kind of rule of like, don't don't even look for a new book. Look at all these books that you have right here that you haven't even opened. No, that's that's not a real rule. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, you know, if, if it's a financial thing, then go to the library. Mm-hmm. But don't give yourself the rule of, I have to read these books I feel meant about just because I've already purchased them and they're here. Okay. Maybe that's you need is. to go get something that is actually speaking to you. Okay. Um, and also change up your habit a bit. If you are so tired, you are running hard right now and that you actually need your rest. If you fall asleep while you're reading, either the book is bad or you're not getting enough rest. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I tend to think you're probably not getting enough rest and you need to go to bed. Your body is saying now it's time to sleep. Okay. So then you need to start reading in the morning or at lunch or, you know, whatever your day looks like and just give, my biggest thing for people who want to read more and feel like they can't is to set a timer for 20 minutes. I forgot that rule. My 20 minute reading yes. timer has saved lives. <laughs> <laughs> I believe that in my heart. I do too. Everybody can read for 20 minutes. Almost, almost all of the time you will read beyond that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Or you'll be so excited about it. You'll pick it up later. You don't need the timer anymore. Right. <gasps> forgot about the 20 minute timer. I'm totally going to do that. I think it is a combination of things. I think I had self-imposed a thing of like, look at all these books, physical books, not even to mention on my Kindle that I should be reading that. I don't know. I just haven't picked them up. Go to a bookstore or a library and just wander around Yeah. and just sort of a library, especially because then you feel non-committal. Yeah. 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 Um, and also check out genres you're not usually into. And I, by that, I don't mean like sci-fi or whatever. I mean like, not everyone's going to share this opinion, but I'll just say what works for me. If I'm in some kind of a, a rut or I just need to change what's going on, nonfiction mm-hmm. changes that the quickest. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A novel is so hit or miss. A novel can speak to you or not. Your brain is in a place for a story or it's not. Like, there's lots of things. I love nonfiction. So to me, someone's personal story, like a memoir, yeah. is like the best palate cleanser. That's so true. I love memoir too. Okay, that's good. So memoir of a story you're interested in, mm-hmm. and that can be literally anything from like a businessman to, you know, like a person in a cult. Like, I, you know, yes. these, these are both 
books I've read. Whatever is like, oh, that's interesting to me at this mm-hmm. moment. Like memoir is like great palate cleanser. Okay. That's so good. All right. I feel energized. I feel like I can do this. And especially with a 20 minute reading timer. 20 minute reading timers. Let us doing it. Okay. All right. What's next on your list? Okay. Well, mine is a book actually. Oh, good. Okay. So, and it's nonfiction. So perfect. <laughs> I actually have been wanting to talk about this on Sorta Awesome for so long because I know that conversations around this topic go down in the Facebook hangout group and that just as for mostly female listeners that we have, this is a thing in our life. And it is the book Intuitive Eating, a revolutionary program that works. Yes. Which you sent to me because you loved it so much. I loved it so much. And I read it because the nutritionist in our series for Smartest Person in the Room in the fall, we did a series on the mind-body connection. Mm -hmm. And we talked to a nutritionist and she talked um, quite a bit about eating disorders because that was the the subject of, um, of that episode. But she really recommended intuitive eating. And so I got it and it's amazing. It's so amazing. And it's so interesting because she almost kind of mentioned that as an aside. That wasn't even like, like you took the conversation in a direction and she brought it up and that was a huge takeaway, I think for a lot of people, but that book is it. I mean, revolutionary is in the subtitle, but you guys, (laughs) it seriously is revolutionary. It's so revolutionary. Even if you don't think that you um have food issues Mm -hmm. yes because I do not classify myself as a person who has food issues Mm -hmm. and I really hesitate to talk about food and eating and especially weight yeah publicly Mm -hmm. I have a dear dear loved one who um almost died from an eating disorder. And I've learned so much from that experience and how to speak about food and weight and that kind of thing. I'm very careful with my language around these topics and have just not wanted to misstep. A lot of people can be triggered in a very unhealthy way by these conversations. So that's one of the, one of the reasons I have been very careful around this topic. However, I'm going to break my embargo on this to talk about intuitive eating Because it was the things that she talks about, our relationship to food Mm -hmm. is so like mind bending to me. It is. It really is. And I think even for the person who, and I, I would, I would group myself in with you in saying that I've never felt like I'm a person that had like food issues or eating issues. I did not realize how deeply internalized my thoughts and feelings about food were until I read this book. And like when I say internalized, how much messaging about food and what we eat, how much I had internalized that, that is not healthy, but it's become so much a part of the way I think about food and eating that I was like, I don't like, it is mind bending. Like you just can't, you're like, what? Yeah. I had not. So it's a, it's an anti-diet book, mm-hmm. so it's not telling anybody right. how to eat or what to eat or anything. So you can, what wherever you fall on the range of feelings about food and eating, you can read this book safely. Yes. I feel like. Yes. So, but she talks a lot. She really delves into um, the different, the different 
ideas we may have about food and why we would overeat or undereat. I want to back this up with, I know that I have been emotionally eating Mm -hmm. in the last maybe two years. And I'd started to notice this pattern in myself. It started when you and I gave up a couple of years ago. We were like, we did a 30 day thing trying to give up Dr. Pepper and Diet Coke. Yes. Respectively. (laughs) Respectively. Yes. Mm -hmm. And that was the first time that I was like, wow, I really have like an emotional addiction to this drink. Yes. That was like the biggest thing that you and I both realized. It was actually not about the drink as much as it was our how often and why we were reaching for them. Yes. And I realized I, I would have not called myself an emotional eater or drinker, but I clearly am. And so that kind of started maybe a domino effect of me realizing like, oh, maybe I do have a relationship with um, food that I didn't know I had. Anyway, so in intuitive eating, she talks about a myriad of mindsets one might have. Two things that resonated the most with me is um, – I overeat, like eat way past capacity of my stomach, like until I'm full to bursting to quiet my mind mm-hmm. and that it dulls your, your, I mean, it literally like biologically slows your systems down when you fill your stomach in that way. Because I am an anxious person, my mind runs all the time. I'm, I am really like on speed naturally that when I eat a lot, it like grounds me. Mm, Right. It gives you like a sense of weightedness. Like literally, like Mm -hmm. I feel there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And because it actually literally slows your biological systems down, I slow down. Mm -hmm. It's like a sedative for me. Yes, exactly. So that was one thing that I hadn't put necessarily two and two together on. Another thing that she talks about that I was like, this was the, almost the biggest light bulb moment for me is that, um, unconsciously I eat like I'm never going to get that food again. And I do this in a number of ways. So I travel a lot. And if I find something that I like at this place, like I'm like, oh, this is a delicious I will go back and I will eat it like, like they're going to eliminate donuts from the earth. (laughs) Right. No, I really do. Yeah. 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 Or like when I come to Oklahoma, where we are right now, I have favorite places I like to go, you know, things I get homesick for types of food I get homesick for. I eat it like I'm never going to get it again. She says a lot of people do this, I guess. Mm -hmm. Yes. Especially if they're plant, I'm, I'm don't diet traditionally. So like, if you, especially if you're about to go on a diet, yes, a lot of people binge. It's the same mindset of like, I'm never going to get to have this again mm-hmm. because I'm going to start my diet on Monday. Yes, yes, yes. Mine is a little different in that I'm just never going to get this again. Mm-hmm. Like I have a weird, like, am, am I going to die? Are they going to take it away? I don't know, mm-hmm. but I eat like it's mm-hmm. never going to happen again. Yes. This wonderful meal is, will be done after this forever and always. It's such a weird, the way, I mean, I'm not even describing as well as she does to realize like how unhealthy this is because it's, it's anxiety provoking. Yes. Not only are you overeating this particular thing that's probably not great for you, but it's also feeding my personal sense of anxiety that like, that I am about to die or it's going to be doomsday or the world's going to blow up, which is mental. Mm-hmm. This is not my particular specific struggle, but I, one of my children, I can see this in her 
so clearly. And she does have that underlying thing of anxiety of that thing of like, this might be the last time I ever get this. This is going to be taken from me. Yes. Yes. And a lot of anxiety or a thread, a common thread of anxiety is that this thing is going to be taken from me. So maybe you feel you act desperate in a relationship because you are constantly afraid that that person's going to go away or, you know, whatever it plays out or in your, you act crazy in your career because you're afraid at any minute, it's just going to dissolve and crumble, which I just read another book about that, (laughs) but we won't spin off. I'm going to stay focused. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. (laughs) But... But I do think that that maybe, you know, there's definitely a a commonality between anxious temperaments Mm -hmm. and food issues going both ways. You can undereat as well for different things. But I just feel like in the intuitive eating book, and the reason I want to talk about it so much and encourage every woman I know to read it is because the tone is loving, non-judgmental, non-diet. It talks about how to deal with food with your children, with your yeah. family. Yeah. 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 The first time I ever heard of intuitive eating was on an episode of Just Lively a long time ago. I remember the first time I heard of that concept that, and this is a broad generalization, but I thought, okay, if intuitive eating asks you to tap into listening to what your body says you need and what would be truly satisfying to you. And then you respond and feed yourself what your body is asking for. I was like, that can't be right. I mean, I was so resistant to it. The idea that I could actually like trust my body to tell me, you know, you you think you're craving this, but what you actually need is this. Mm. I was like, that's magic. That's like wizardry. That's not a real thing that can happen for human beings or for me. I was so resistant. Like I was like, that's a great idea, but there's no way that could ever like work because I was thinking of it in terms of like, you know, how do I change myself? How do I change my body? How do I change my eating? All of this. If you're sitting here thinking like intuitive eating, what a bunch of bunk that is. I highly encourage you to look into this book because some of the things that they talk about in terms of food and how we think about food and what we're allowed to have and, you know, all of these different rules that we create for ourselves, it will completely change your life for the better. There's something about the book itself, the way that they write, it's two women writers. Mm -hmm. Um, There is something magic in this book. I mean, I'm I'm really not hesitant to say it because it's almost like if you heard someone talk about it, here we are talking about it. There's something, there's just so much wisdom and grace in the way that they write it. Yes. Yes. That makes you get it. That yes. makes you have a light bulb moment. Yes. I feel like if I had just heard someone talking about this, I'd be like you. I'd be like, oh, that's not real. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. But their ex- explanations and their tone is like, oh no, this is, they yeah. are speaking to me. They wrote this book for me. Right. Because I think that as they had their reader in mind, they really do believe that all of us can trust ourselves with food and with the way we eat. And that we just have to kind of untangle some stuff to get there. And I don't know. It's a very powerful experience. You had even told me off mic that in a lot of ways, reading that book kind of felt like some therapy sessions. And I totally agree. Yeah, it did. So it's excellent. I'm so glad you sent it to me because it's truly a life changer. And, and if you have children, you know, we used to just think about eating disorders in terms of raising girls, but they, it affects both genders for sure. If you have children, 
I think it's very good and powerful to read to think about how, because a lot of what we internalize about food and eating, we've picked up maybe overtly, but maybe subtly from our families of origin as well. So. Well, just because some general accepted rules, like you must clean your plate, right, right, right. Yes. or that certain foods are good and certain foods are bad, yes. um, all of those labels that are, that are quite overt, really, especially mm-hmm. with children, mm-hmm. um, I've changed my language around that Absolutely. with my kids. Yes. I don't mm-hmm. label certain foods as bad. Yeah. I don't make them clean their plate anymore. That one's the hardest one. Now, I, I was never absolutely strict about that just because, um, as I've talked about before, a lot of my childhood anxiety played out in food. It was never about food. I knew that my mom knew it, like whatever. But so I would have never made my children mm-hmm. try everything on their plate or, or clean their plate. But we do have a cultural hang up with like waste. Mm-hmm. And so I always felt like very nervous about like leaving yes. a lot of waste um, it's that, it's still hard for me. I mean, there's a lot of mental issues here that we're talking about that have absolutely nothing to be do with food and they're tangled up in one another. Yes. Yeah. And, but I do think it has changed my, uh, language around food with my children, especially mm-hmm. and how I talk to myself now, mm-hmm. handedly, I won't say that I have necessarily changed. Mm-hmm. It's only been maybe two months. Yeah, I, yeah. When did I read this? In January or something? Yeah. Um, I am still in a stage. They, they sort of lay out these stages that you'll yes. go through. Yes. I am still in a stage of noticing. Yes. Where I'll be like, okay, I, I'm noticing that I'm doing this right now. Yes. Right now I'm doing this. I'm still doing this. Yes. Yes. I'm still in a stage of noticing. hmm um, I feel almost embarrassed to say that, that I haven't like conquered the intuitive eating. I have not no. conquered it. I don't think it's, I, mean, I don't think it's a thing to be conquered. And I do think that we're looking at a lifetime, literally a lifetime of messaging that we've taken on and that's not going to change overnight and it's not going to change in two months. But I do think that just being aware is a huge life change, right? In and of itself. Yeah. I'm in the awareness step. So I just want everyone to go. Um, I guess there's a, f- there, I actually had someone message me that there's more than one book oh. called intuitive eating. Oh. So make sure you're getting the right one. This one is called intuitive eating subtitle, a revolutionary program that works. The authors are two women and their photos are on the cover of the edition. I have Evelyn Trebol and Elise Reich, I guess they're, they're both, um, doctors, I think anyway. So make sure you pick up the right one if you're going to. Awesomes, as I've talked about many, many times on the show, in the Myers-Briggs system of personality types, I'm an ENFP. Now, that means that I am really super great at dreaming up big ideas, but I'm also really super awful at figuring out the details to make those ideas happen. Well, luckily for me, I found a fantastic service that helps me get my big ideas actually done. It's called Magic. And yes, that's actually the name, Magic. Magic provides trained personal assistants that are available 24-7. All I have to do is send Magic a text with my request and a real person gets right to work. 
Magic's personal assistants can help you with almost anything, including helping you plan a big event, from researching the facilities, to reading all the Yelp reviews, to managing every single detail along the way, the possibilities are endless. And the best thing is, with Magic, there is no monthly fee. There's no commitment. You only pay for what you use. It's a low cost per minute, and you can use it as often as you need. Because both Magic and I want to help you get more things done, help those ideas really come to life, Magic is giving you, the awesomes, a special offer. Your first request with Magic is free. To get this great offer, you have to go to getmagic.com slash awesome and start making those big ideas happen today. Try Magic for free by going to getmagic.com slash awesome. That's getmagic.com slash awesome. Thank you, Magic. Okay, um, for the next topic on my list, we're going to take a sharp turn away from <laughs> thoughtful, intuitive eating, go a little bit more superficial, that this is something that has changed my life, and I feel so strongly about it. You know, we did this episode not too long ago on Sort of Awesome, Stop Buying Cheap Clothes. Oh, yeah, yeah. Which... I myself learned a lot. I really thought about that. You know, I kind of took the perspective of really being mindful of where clothes come from and like the global impact and all of that. But I really listened to what you said about in terms of investing in good pieces because of how they make you feel. So I needed some new bras. We're going to talk about bras right now. (laughs) So if this, if just be aware, everybody. (laughs) Fast forward if you need to. Boobs, we all have them. Boobs are going to be part of this conversation. <laughs> so I need a new bras. My sister was here recently, and um, she's a huge fan of Soma, the brand Soma. Oh, I hear really good things about Soma. She loves them. She has lots of bras and underwear from there. And I was telling her I need a new bra, and I was like, what do you think I should just go to Dillard's? That's what I've done my whole life. My mother took me when I was needing a bra for the first time to Dillard's to be measured by the little ladies in the lingerie department at Dillard's. From then on, that's the only place I've ever bought bras. Your like, whole life? My whole life, I've only ever gone to Dillard's. <gasps> you never even bought like a lacy Victoria's Listen. Secret something? Listen, the... the <laughs> I wish you guys could see the hand motion. Usually I'm the one with the suggestive hand motions, but Megan is really... Listen, the the needs that I have had since I was a teenager, which this kind of plays into the bigger picture of what I'm, I'm going to say. The needs I've had for bras since I was younger are such that even when I was younger, I felt like I couldn't go to Victoria's Secret. That was for girls with smaller chests than I have. Now, the ad campaigns for Victoria's Secret would not convey that, but I don't know. Anyway, I got in my mind that I just was going to just wear the basic, like, nice bras, but I can't buy Target bras. They're definitely not supportive enough. So anyway, my sister Emily was like, go to Soma, have them fit you because I've lost some weight my body's changed in some ways and have them fit you and just get a couple of Soma bras. You will not be sorry. So I did. I went and I was a little skeptical. I go into this little Soma store here in Oklahoma City. The two girls working the desk are like in their early 20s and like so cute and perky. Perky. Perky in all of the ways. And I was like, oh Lord. So I go in. It wasn't as bad as I thought. They, they do, you do have to take your top off, but they measure you over the bra you're wearing and kind of talk to you about the size that you're wearing right now. And what do you, what do you like about this? What do you not? They bring you a variety. She kind of, I had specifically, I needed just like um, a regular bra. I also needed to get a strapless bra. And so she brought me back all of these bras to try on. 
the whole process was actually quite fun and painless. I mean, also I think that when you're 40, you've had some kids, you don't like, I mean, it's a little uncomfortable to have a sales girl coming in and out while you're trying on bras, but at some point you're just like, whatever, who cares? We, boobs, we all have them, you know? No. So, and it, this is her literal job. She sees all kinds of boobs. every day. So the one that the style I ended up settling on it from Summit is called stunning support. I actually got the stunning support regular bra and they make a stunning support strapless. So I got one of each. I mean, they were more than I usually spend, um, on bras at Dillard's. Um, I think they were like 65 each, but the, I started wearing it and I'm like looking at myself in the mirror. Like the first day I had it on, I was like, went into my husband's office. And I was like, look at this. <laughs> I was I, like, doesn't this look different? <laughs> please don't tell us his response. No, I won't. <laughs> it was very complimentary. That's for the Patreon section. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I went over to Catherine's and I was like, look at my rack. <laughs> Hold on. I'm going to pee my pants <laughs> Because truly, it has been so long. Like, I think especially when you're in the sort of like, I'm pregnant, I'm nursing, I have little kids. This is an area that I feel like a lot of us neglect because it's like, it's my size is going to change anyway. Or I don't know, we just maybe don't have the best feelings about really dressing ourselves well under our clothes. Well, you know, I'm one of the reasons that I like the uniboob, all jokes aside, like we've joked right, for years yes. now that I love a uniboob. Yeah. But part of it is because it just makes it a non-factor. Oh, yes. Yeah. That's what I like about it. Yeah. Like, versus all the different ways that you can make them, like, stand up or out or, what you know, like, I just, that's, that's like, overwhelming choices for me. Let's just make them disappear. I get that. I do. And I, you know, like, we've joked about, too, though, like, I feel like my body proportions are such that, like, it's going to be an issue either way. Right. I mean, so like, you might as well make them look as awesome as possible. Right, exactly. In this particular Soma bra, this is not a, a secret ad or anything. Soma doesn't even know who I am. I'm just telling you, there's lots of probably specialty stores. And, and if you even just could go to Dillard's or some department store and get fit. Wait, do we have secret ads? <laughs> no, I don't know. It's not an embedded, this is oh. not an Inception style <laughs> ad. <laughs> I was just making sure because I needed to know about that. I'm just, I'm just saying that So my Soma experience was amazing. And since I started wearing this bra, I really look at myself differently in the mirror. It feels good. Like even when I'm not looking in the mirror, it looks great. Thank you. I'm telling you, like, I'm like, I haven't felt like I looked. They are great. like up and cute. yes, it is stunning support. They are not kidding. <laughs> Aptly named. Aptly named. Stunning support from Soma. But the, the takeaway here is I think that a lot of our sort of like, not getting, you know, great quality stuff for our underwear needs in general, like what we wear under our clothes. I do think a lot of it can, can be not for everybody, but can be connected to some body issues of just like how we see our bodies, what are, you know, what we kind of have put our bodies through, what we would want our bodies to look like. And the, the stop buying cheap clothes thing was really important to me because I really heard a lot of what you were saying of just like, like take the care, take the time to care about and, and do something that is for you. That's very physical and that you, it's okay. Even if your body is not the perfection that you want it to be like dress the body that you have right now and dress it well. And so I hadn't thought about it at the time applying it to lingerie, but 
I'm here to say, get yourself a nice bra that fits, that makes the whole thing look good. Okay, well, we did not plan this, but it goes perfectly with my next one. Okay. Which is also harkens back to the Stop Buying Cheap Clothes episode. Okay. Which is, I um, have, have bought some very nice, fully designer, like very high-end things um, from online, re- like, thrift stores. Really? Which is not a thing I ever opened myself up to. Now, when yeah. you have talked about on the show Thread Up, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which is a very popular consignment, online consignment store, you know, back when you first talked about it, which has been a long time ago, I think I went and browsed it, and right. I just didn't, I have nothing against consignment clothes. In fact, that's where I almost started my designer obsession in college when I was broke as a joke. Yeah. I would go, there was a little thrift store in our hometown mm-hmm. that little old ladies would, you know, sell their very expensive or would consign their very expensive yes. old lady clothes. And that was my style. I I have a real granny, granny style. Yes. I always have had uh-huh. a granny style. And so that was perfect for me. But then I got hooked on really nice designer yes. clothes. So I would have loved to continue that. I go to, I used to, for sure, go to like a lot of thrift stores or consignment stores in Los Angeles. The thing is in that town where the desire for designer clothes is high and also there's costume designers and there's, you know, there's a huge need for it. If something good comes in the door, it goes out the door that day Mm -hmm. like that. They don't hold on to anything. Right. So I never, you just can't find the best stuff there unless Mm -hmm. you just are there at the exact right time. When I had originally checked out ThreadUp, I was like, this isn't for me. Even though they did have some of the designer jeans and some of the stuff I wanted, I just, it, I didn't, it didn't connect with me last year whenever you did that. I went back um, recently in the last few months and they have a whole high-end designer section. Yes, they do. And their website is so easy that you can filter by size, by brand if you want. Um, they have, I think, unless I'm just, unless I just did it wrong the first time, I think they have much better stuff now than yes. they did. Yes. They have some very high end stuff and I was, was so pleasantly surprised. I also have a new brand of jeans that I really like. Mother jeans, you know, mother jeans. Mm-hmm. Well, they're expensive. They're over $200, okay. um, at, you know, at yeah, the department store mm-hmm. and I just don't like spending that. Mm-hmm. I'm not a huge jeans wearer. Right, yeah. I, I don't, don't wear jeans a ton. A person has to have jeans. Mm-hmm. Um, perhaps, although I'm not admitting to it fully, but perhaps I'm not the same size as some of the jeans in my closet. <laughs> yes. So I needed some new sized jeans, mm-hmm. but I didn't want to pay over $200 right. for something that I don't wear very often. Um, I found a great pair of mother jeans. In my size, I found a Marc Jacobs dress, 100% silk, darling. What? Yes. And they came to my house and they're amazing. That is awesome. Truly. I feel truly awesome about it. I feel like I want to tell that if if you went to ThreadUp or any of those stores and felt like, oh, like these aren't the brands I really like or whatever your hangup might have been, um, the, the, it, they, that game has changed a little bit. Yes. ThreadUp's website alone is really quite remarkable. I agree. I think they've sunk a lot of money as a company into their website development because it is stupid easy to navigate. And it brings up 
truly exactly what you're looking for. And they really give detail of like, oh, yes. there's a snag by the zipper yes. or whatever. You know, they really show you if there's a problem with it. Yes. Um, you know, they show you the bottom of the shoes if they're scuffed. I mean, like, I just could not have been more pleased. I bought three things. I also bought a very, very high-end scarf because mm-hmm. I like to wear scarves on my hair. Mm-hmm. On my, I like to wear scarves on my head when my hair is dirty. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's my big trick. Exactly. <laughs> so I bought three things. Was so happy with it. I have also started browsing The Real Real. I've heard of that. Do you know The Real Real? I have not checked it out, but I have heard of it. Okay, so I have friends who had told me they'd bought really nice handbags on The Real Real. Now, The Real Real is all very high end. Yes. So its selection is big and stuff does go. Like I will check, I have a few filters on it for myself for brands that I particularly love. And um, that stuff, I can see when you sort by newest that that stuff is turning over pretty quickly. However, they have new inventory every single day. So if you were to check for something in particular you wanted. You can also put alerts on it. Like if you are looking for black Chanel boots, yeah, it will, you That's can amazing. look by that or yeah. whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, you could also filter by size and stuff. I, I do not think that their website is as good as thread up in terms of the, the filters and the whatever, but it is still, it's good enough mm-hmm. for sure. And I found some great stuff on there. I have not purchased from there, but their selection is, I haven't seen anything like that anywhere else online. I mean, it used to be, there used to be stuff like that on eBay. Mm, Right. The problem on eBay is that you never could tell how authentic it was. The real, real guarantees authenticity. Oh, that's so important. Which is important. Especially especially because these things are still a few hundred dollars. Yeah. You know, they're not $25 to now, whatever. So I really, really like that. And also, the third website I've now been browsing, because now this is my new thing, because I've always loved The Hunt. Yes. yes. I love The Hunt. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I have brands that I love, and I know my size in, and that kind of thing. But um, I gave it up, you know, because I didn't think I could find it anymore. Right. And now I have a new, I have a new addiction. <laughs> Again, if you're going to feed your tech addiction, you you'll find ways it. to do it. <laughs> this is what I have filled my social media gap in with. Actually, that's like totally true. Um, <laughs> Blue Fly, which Blue Fly is like a, what's the equivalent? Like almost like an outlet in yes. a way. You know, it has mm-hmm. like last season's mm-hmm. designer or whatever. Mm-hmm. But they also have a gently used section or whatever. Um, I don't find their prices in their, on their main site, which those are new items on their main site of mm-hmm. last season's whatever. They're not always great. Occasionally, yeah. but... Usually they're just like 10% off or something, which mm-hmm. is not make, not making a huge dent. They do have a gently used section that you can also browse um, and where it's a lot better. And they are, I find, pretty good at showing you the scuffs and the yeah stain or whatever. I don't think they would take it if there was like a big problem. Sure. But, you know, showing you the little issues. Yeah. So that is my, I'm really into it. And if you are like me and not just... Um, you know, looking for cool designer stuff, but you like, like the hunt of it. Mm-hmm. These are great. They're so fun too. I used to love to thrift before the, um, twins were born and I had time and space and plus living in a small town, it's easy. There's only a few places you can go. I can't imagine Los Angeles. It takes so long to get anywhere. So I think that that would make it less fun to actually go into the actual stores, especially, well, it's not fun because truly the good the, stuff is uh, there. Yeah, exactly. And the selection's bad. A so. couple of really good places in Los Angeles are pretty close to my house, but they're just, they're always so picked over. Yes. 
So this is making, this is a return to the hunt for me. I love it. So fun. So fun. Well, we will put links to all of those places that Laura is loving. All of the links will be in the show notes as we always do. So we do still have a few other things that on our list that we need to discuss, but we are going to take it over to our exclusive feed for our listener supporters to talk about some of this stuff. So thank you all so much for listening. Laura, thank you for coming in. I am so excited. I genuinely am. This is going to be an amazing project. 10 things to tell you dot com is like the main hub, right? It's going to be the hub, but I'm also going to be sharing mostly on Instagram at laura.tremaine. Um, I don't know if this is the kind of thing that might turn into a podcast or not. I, you know, I don't know where it's going, but I am just consolidating all my recommendations. Yes. The hub is going to be 10 things to tell you.com. Okay. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you want to hear the rest of our conversation, check the show notes to figure out. I'll have a link for you just so you know how you can become a listener supporter to hear the rest of it. Um, this has been so fun. It's so good to hear your voice on here again. Well, so. don't despair because I'm going to tell you why I'm making my face bleed on purpose. <laughs> awesome. Thanks so much for listening and we'll see y'all next time. Sorta Awesome was created and is hosted by me, Meg Teets. Sarah Robertson is our assistant producer and production collaboration comes from Kelly Gordon and Rebecca Hoffer. Kelly Gordon is our digital media producer and we are so thankful for the ongoing support from our listener supporters. Music is provided by the band Prager. You can find more of Prager's music at pragermusic.com. To find show notes on this and every episode of Sorta Awesome and also to spread the Sorta Awesome love to all of your friends, you can head on over to sortaawesomeshow.com. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.